Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting technique, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist for the songs they love. Welcome to episode 137. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Missy Higgins. The award-winning songwriter and musician returns today with a brand new mini-album entitled Total Control. In today's episode, we're speaking with Missy about what inspired these new songs, the ABC TV series of the same name, and the all-female festival lineup of Wildflower. Here we go. Our guest today is a multiple ARIA and APRA award-winning songwriter and one of the most popular Australian female artists of all time. Having released her last full-length record in 2018, she's today releasing a new mini-album called Total Control, which is inspired by the ABC TV show of the same name. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Missy Higgins. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. Just, um, I, I'm hoping my daughter doesn't run into the room burst in because we're trying out a new nanny today so fingers crossed that goes okay and we don't get interrupted (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine that it is uh, not a challenge but it is I imagine a um an interesting thing trying to juggle being a very well-known musician slash pop star rock star and then juggling kids at the same time um yeah it's it's a serious challenge yeah I um Every day I've got to do, well, at the start of every week, I've got to do some serious calendaring, scheduling for every single hour. I'm like, okay, today I've got an hour of interviews. I've got to, <laughs> am, I just, am I going to put on a movie? But how can I put on something that they're not going to decide that they don't want to watch in the middle of it and run into me? So, yeah, it's, um, there's, I've, there's a lot of scheduling and unknowns. <laughs> but it's all right. We make it work. Of course. Of course. Um, we are here today to talk about Total Control, which is the new mini album from yourself. And I will get to that in a second, but um, I just want to say how very nice it is to have brand new Missy Higgins music to listen to in 2022. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's really great to have new music out. We've been playing um, quite a few shows lately and trying out these new songs live and that's one of my favourite things to do. It's just so great to have new music to, to play every night because it's fresh and it means something fresh and um, it keeps you on your toes as a musician. So, yeah, it's it feels really good. <laughs> the, the new mini album, Total Control, uh, is inspired by well, I think it kind of stemmed from your work with the television program of the same name on the ABC. 
Yes, it did. Yeah, I um, I've been doing it for the past couple of years. I wrote um, it's a TV show with Deborah Mailman as the lead and Rachel Griffiths, um, and yeah, it's an Australian political drama. It's really incredible, and they asked me to um, to write the 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 vocals for um, the first season, and then the second season, um, I kind of did it the other way around. I wrote the music and the vocals and then kind of gave it to their production team to kind of produce it all up and make it sound like it belonged in the TV show. So it was, yeah, it's been a really great project to have during lockdown because I've been able to work from home and send things to them and go back and forth and get their di- a different scene every week and, and write to mostly to Deborah's scenes um, and she's just such an incredible actress and her scenes were really, really intense and and gritty and just full of I don't know full of attitude and complexity so very fun to write to when did you kind of realize that because I imagine any project like that where you're scoring or soundtracking kind of um like a any form of visual medium um that, it, that it's one thing and then for you to then kind of find that there's this is a much bigger beast almost, if you will, that there are more songs and more inspiration behind this. When did you kind of realise that this was its own thing, not separate from the show, but kind of, yeah, that there was more to be said from yourself? Um, I think when I, I, I listened to the stuff that I had and it was, you know, most of them were um, maybe a minute, a minute and a half long, but just kind of the start, of an idea for songs, I listened to them. I thought these are really great. I mean, I was really proud of what I'd written and I thought these could be turned into full length songs easily. I mean, they already had, you know, a verse and a chorus. So I, to expand them would have, would have been really easy. So I thought I can just write another verse or two and, and repeat that <laughs> chorus and then do an outro or a bridge or whatever. Um, so yeah, they kind of wrote themselves really after those, that initial burst of inspiration for the show. And I also felt like everything that the songs touched on was really relevant to what was going on in our political climate. I mean, with Grace Tame and Britney Spears standing up um, and in Canberra and telling their stories, um, I just felt like that was, there was so much about that story and where our culture is kind of headed and and what we're kind of focused on at the moment um, with, you know, um, women finally being heard and finally getting the courage to, to stand up and, and be brave enough to tell their, their stories. Um, that mirrored the main character of this TV show, Alex Irving, because she was, you know, she's an Indigenous woman that came from a, a, a small town and had a complicated upbringing and she was fighting for the rights of, of her people and fighting against a culture that had always oppressed hers. And um, there was there was lots of things that about that that I felt were so relevant today. So what this character was going through and what I was seeing in the newspaper and um, and what I know has been unfolding in Australia for a long time too as far as 
true recognition of First Nations people and recognising our country's true history and being honest with ourselves about that, that's still such a... um, it's still such a process for us and it still hasn't really happened. So there was a fight going on there and, and, and there's fights going on in the newspaper every day. I just thought these songs are so important right now and there's, there's, there's stuff in it that is really um, of this moment and it was inspiring to, to write about that and to feel as though um, I, would, I was telling stories that needed to be told. Yeah, hundred percent. The the mini album, it does kind of sound like there is there's like a fire and like a guts to it, um, almost for lack of a better term. Um, mm. And I know that some of the content that it's dealing with is uh, like female empowerment and and uh, themes of exploitation as well. And uh, again, as you kind of mentioned, the whole Grace Tame Brittany Higgins thing when you approach songwriting the, to these kind of songs with this kind of subject matter, do you approach it differently than you would for like something from like a previous record or, or like a previous kind of subject matter? Um, I think so. I mean, there's, there's, there's less of like pouring my heart out and telling how I feel and more of a, um, I guess trying to be an astute observer about what's going on and trying to, I guess, send a message but very subtly and without trying to appear preachy. Um, I think the best the best kind of processed songs, if you want to call that, than that, um, they, come, they do come from a personal place and from a place of personal opinion um, rather than me telling you what I think you should do with your life I'm telling you what I see and what's making me angry kind of thing so um I think being able to write through the prism of this character from this show and kind of freed me up because I could be as angry as I wanted and opinionated (laughs) as I wanted and you know because it's not really some of it's coming from me sure but but some of that is coming from her and the, and what she's been through and um, and what she's been up against her entire life. So I got to really kind of um, indulge that anger and indulge that um, uh, that ferocity, I guess, because you know that made it, that definitely made the song more more powerful and really kind of drove the point home but it's but it's coming from a place of like real yeah fire within rather than pointing the finger yeah of course i throughout your career i feel like you've always stood you've always been very vocal and stood up for what you believe to be right without being preachy i think that you've always done it very um diplomatically and I think that it would kind of be not difficult, but when you are singing about things like this, how important is it for you to be able to to find that balance, I guess, between not wanting to be preachy and still being able to be like these are these are what I believe in and be like be convicted in what you're saying. Um yeah it's 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 important and hard to get that balance it's um 
it's not something that you want to do because, I mean, if anything, it just makes for a, a, a song that's kind of unpleasant to listen to. I don't like listening to those kind of songs because I don't like feeling as though someone's trying to kind of ram something down my throat while I'm listening to them. Like I want to be able to hear a story and hear a, a, a perspective and think that's their perspective and if I'm moved to agree with them, then that's um, then that's up to me. But ultimately you have to make the person feel as though it's their choice, what they believe, but you're putting forth your argument. You're not going to judge them for what they decide to do, but this is your argument and um, and you've got to make that argument the best you can without um, without telling them how to live their lives. It's a very fine balancing act. And again, I think you've um you've always done very well in in that said balancing act, Missy. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. That's good. It's good to know. <laughs> the uh, the title track <laughs> from the EP is a cover of the the Motels classic from the eighties. I'm curious, other than the namesake for the TV show, what was the reason for picking this song to to cover? Uh, well, they the t- the guys that did the TV show had a scene where Alex Irving was um, dancing in a pub, and they had the Motels version of this song playing to her dancing, and and it was quite an intense scene because she was just trying to forget what was what was going on. But um, there was there was something a little bit. Um, foreboding about it um, and anyway they I, they asked me if I would record my own version of it and I jumped at the chance because I've always loved that song I think it's such an amazing song um, but it was locked down at the time like a hard lockdown um, so I couldn't get in the studio with anybody um, so I asked my friend Brendan Love from the Teskies if he could kind of help me do it via email so he yeah how did it start I think he um he and Liam from the test keys kind of did drums and bass remotely and then they sent it to me and I did um guitar and vocals and yeah we were kind of sending it back and forth for for a while and we made the track solely by doing it that way which was really cool uh, a lot of songs of mine got recorded that way during lockdown, but um, I think that one was the most remote that we did any of it because none of it was in a room with anybody else at any point. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find, uh, I guess, working remotely? Was it something that you had done previously or was this the first kind of experience of, you know, sending stuff off and then trying it back? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'd worked remotely um, a bit on Solastalgia um, because... I worked with um, Pip Norman, who's a, um, a Melbourne producer and, and, and writer, and he was kind of sending me some kind of ambient beat tracks for me to write on top of. So I'd done that before and I'd love that because I could write in the comfort of my own home and do it in my own time and then I could send it back to him and he'd kind of produce it up and then he'd send it back to me and I'd do backing vocals on it and stuff. So that was really fun. Um, but, yeah, eventually we would get in the same room together to do, you know, some drums or some overdubs or things like that. So I think, uh, yeah, during this whole pandemic is definitely the, the most extreme re- remote recording that I've ever done before. Yeah, of course. The the mini album, Sonically, I feel like it almost kind of harkens back to On A Clear Night, your second record. I feel like um, Watch Out gave me very similar vibes to Secret in a way, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. I know what you mean, actually. Yeah, I think I, I had that thought as well. I don't know what it is exactly but it's that's that sparseness of the um of the guitar and the instrumentation and also it's kind of it's got a bit of a um a sinister feel to it and <laughs> a bit of yeah a bit of kind of secretiveness and I mean I wanted that song to be um it was for the first scene in the first season which was very kind of barren um, outback desert vibe and I wanted it to feel as though it was written by someone who'd been living out there for probably a bit too long, hadn't seen a human <laughs> in, a, in a while and had been harbouring a lot of <laughs> resentment and planning their revenge. Um, and Secret was written in a, a hotel in Minneapolis during a, a US tour um, where we were snowed in. So... Um, it definitely had that kind of, um, I don't know, edge of the world feel to it as well, where you're kind of a bit locked away from society and um, probably ruminating a little bit too much on <laughs> the past. <laughs> I think uh, the way you just worded it, uh, yeah, not even the arrangement or just the instrumentation, but like, an, yeah, a sinister kind of undertone to, to both 
kind of um, appear. And I know that we've only got the the record, the mini album now, and not to be greedy, I know that we discussed right at the start new Missy Higgins music, but could we expect another full-length record from you sometime within the next uh, year or so? Probably not, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> it's too hard for me to, it's too hard to write at the moment. Um, I think it, I think these songs came so easily because um, I was given these scenes to write for and I found that so easy to pivot from. I mean, they gave me the, the vibe and they gave me the story and they gave me the character and I found it very easy to get inside her mind and, and feel her rage and, like I said, it just all felt so so relevant and so timely. Um, so sometimes there's just a bit of alchemy that goes on, you know, that just makes songs come um, from somewhere else and and you just kind of deliver them. So if I got another opportunity like that, I think otherwise it takes a long time for me to figure out what I want to say and how I want to say it and where I want to be coming from and especially with an album you want to feel as though you have an album's worth of things to say. Um, and I think I would if I had some time to step back from my life, but at the moment it's just it's so hectic. <laughs> it's so hectic. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. Life has to happen in order for you to write about it and then you have to have a break from from life to have the time to write about it. Of course. Well, I, ver- I very much do appreciate the honesty. <laughs> um, <laughs> this year, as you just said, it's not kind of slowing down for you. You are at the moment about to, I think in the midst of one and about to head out on a second, you're headlining two festivals at the same kind of time um, with Somersault and with Wildflower. Um, I guess firstly, are you excited about getting back out there in front of large crowds and being able to play some shows now that the pandemic's kind of touch wood winding down? Mm. Yeah, we've said that quite a few times over the last couple of years. <laughs> um, yeah, it does seem like it's got to a point though where they're, we're just going to we're just going to go with it. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, we've been playing a couple of shows every weekend for the past month or so. And yeah, it's been, it's been incredible just to get out there in front of a live crowd and be um, connecting with the audience in that real time way. I think all of us have just missed it so much. The music industry's suffered so badly over the past couple of years, especially you know, artists who are just starting out and those smaller venues um, that haven't been able to open um, and music workers who haven't been able to tour. And, um, yeah, I think all, all of us are just so happy to be playing again and, and we can see the faces on people in the audience too that they're just so stoked to be able to hear live music again. It's just, it's so imp- it's such a big part of so many people's lives that, um, yeah, we're very happy to be back doing it. It is very exciting. Um, Wildflower, I think, is, with no disrespect to Somersault, the bills are fantastic, but Wildflower, I think, is especially special um, because it mm. is the either the first time in a while or the first time ever where we've had an all-female lineup festival, which I think is firstly mm. well overdue, but um, it's yourself, it's Sarah Blasco, Alice Skye, Casey Chambers. Um, what was the kind of, I guess, uh, 
uh, how quickly was it to to sign on to this kind of project or this tour? Oh yeah, I was up for it straight away. I mean, I thought that <laughs> I've been thinking for years that we should do something like this. I was involved in Lilith Fair in America, um, and that was such a, an amazing experience for me. So many of my idols were on that tour, like Sarah McLaughlin and the the Indigo Girls. Um, it was incredible and such a great vibe being on the road with that many women as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, it again, it feels very timely um and i don't know i I can't quite believe that we haven't done it before but i'm just glad that we're doing it now and and we can um i guess that we can show australia that uh, that australia that we have in our country so many strong incredible female musicians and that we can pull our own crowds and um it's it's nice to think that we can inspire young girls to to do the same to get up there themselves if they desire to one day. A hundred percent. I think that the nice thing about this lineup as well is that you do have, um, like Deborah Conway, as we said, uh, Casey Chambers, Kayla Heike, Alice Sky. That there's kind of like a uh, women in all stages of their careers, if that makes sense. You've got Alice who's starting out, people who have a few albums behind them, and then it's lovely to see just like a, a good scope of the female talent that we have in Australia. Yeah, it is. Yeah, people from different generations and um, and different kind of um, uh, types of music and um, I think it'll be nice for us all to be on the road together too and share stories and um, and be able to relate to each other in that way and um, I know that like some of the women who've come before me, like Deborah and Casey, um, they've they've got more experience than, than I do, or they've been around a little bit longer. And um, I'm very much looking forward to hanging out with them and um, swapping stories. And yeah, I'm sure we we all have stuff that we can teach each other, probably. I imagine that they're going to be incredible shows, and um, I will make sure that we do have all the links to those festivals in, in the show notes of this podcast. Um, lastly, Missy, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, if there's any kind of record or single or whatever it may be that's taking your fancy at the moment. Um, let me see. What have I been listening to lately? Let's see what's in my library. Oh, Big Thief, the new Big Thief album. Um. It's called Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. We, we, we've been listening to that in the car um, on tour. We've been doing very, very long drives in between each show. So, yeah, we need new albums to listen to and we've been loving that one. That is a fantastic choice. Very long, mouthful of a title, but um, great record, very long record. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect for big drives. Exactly, exactly. Um, Missy, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. I do appreciate it. No worries. Pleasure. Thank you. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Missy Higgins for her time. Total Control is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the mini album or see her on tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Miriam at EMI Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. 
If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Cheers.